Broncos country. Let's ride. You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into our NFL in-depth preseason power rankings. We're almost done kicking things off with the number 14th ranked team in our power rankings as the B drops. I think I timed it up perfectly that time, Warner. I think I got left right. There we go. Let's talk about it. Number 14th ranked team is the Denver Broncos. If you didn't get that by our impeccable, uh, creative, uh, introduction, but uh, it's gonna be the unprecedented, the, really. What'd you say? Unprecedented, really. Unpre- <laughs> unprecedented. Starting the show off hot. That's a good note to start the show. That's on. a good note to start the show off on. But yeah, we're gonna be talking about this Denver Broncos team here. That I think for they're they're in a really tough division, and I think Super that, Bowl bound easy, right? They're yeah. Steamroll the West. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been hearing, at least. I don't know. Well, I'm going to refrain from saying that, but um, this Broncos team ranks 14th. Russell Wilson, let's just talk about it. Additions and departures. And let's talk about it. Additions and departures here. Uh, let's start with the departures. You fire your entire coaching staff, Big Fangio, Pat Shermer, probably for the best. I think if you're a Broncos fan, you had to endure another Pat Shermer red, ran offense. Uh, you might have. Um, uh, you know, and, lost your mind if you had to watch that to again. To be quite honest, I, I like Vic Fangio as a defensive mind, but he just wasn't cutting it as a head coach. Um, he, you know, he, he, he just weren't getting results. They also clean house in the quarterback room, obviously. Letting go of Teddy Bridgewater and, of course, a big Russell Wilson trade with Drew Locke and Noah Fant and uh, Shelby Harris heading to uh, Seattle uh, in, in exchange for Russell Wilson along with draft picks. I mean – I like what they did. They they literally ha- they reset their culture. They brought in a new coach, two new coordinators, and a new quarterback. Those four right there, along with the GM, are uh, are how you reset a culture. And, and hopefully, that's a winning culture here for this Cowboys team. Broncos, but um, Cowboys were the last episode. Go Long check them team, out. My bad. Yeah. Um, Brandon Massey, you lose him. Uh, Shelby Harris, you lose him on the interior. You lose a lot of your you're bulking your depth on that interior there. I, I think you, you got a little softer up front defensively. Um, you, you lose some depth in the secondary as well. Bryce Callahan, one of the better slot corners in football. Cal, or, or I think that's Kyle Fuller, uh, or maybe it's Kendall Fuller, one of the two. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, but you, you lose them as well. But as we'll talk about with this secondary room here, they'll be fine. They're going to be A-OK there, but... You bring in Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Allen and Ajiro Evero. Uh, we're going to talk about those guys in just a second. But you had pound for pound the best offseason acquisition in the entire NFL. Uh, coaching, player acquisition, whatever, in Russell Wilson. We were talking about all that season how this team is a quarterback away. But Warner, funny me not. Um, that that's not even a, a word there. I don't know why I just said. Pardon but. me, not they are not exactly a quarterback way. I, I think, I, I think, I think they have think definitely you, they definitely have roster holes. Yes, um, I think you could have made the argument last year. Maybe 
I think you could have made the argument for it maybe last year that they were quarterback away. But now a year later, I think they got the quarterback that they were desperately needing a year too late, if that makes sense. Or, now, or at least didn't do enough to recover some of the pieces that they ended up losing. I mean, you look at it right here. Um, Noah Fant, obviously, is he's a dynamic tight end. Now, that's not going to crush your offensive output. Obviously, I mean, I'd take Russell Wilson over Noah Fant and Drew Locke on my offense all day. Uh, but you lose a starting quality tackle in Bobby Massey. And really, the really important thing is Shelby Harris, I think, um, even though he's not the best player that you lost on defense, I think he's the most impactful because he was a leader on that team, a leader in that locker room and a good player in his own right. And you just didn't, you didn't really replace that along with some of the um, problems you had say on the edge last year with the Bradley Chubb, not being able to stay healthy. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think you quite addressed it enough for Randy Gregory. Now that's definitely an upgrade and hopefully that'll take some pressure off of Chubb. Uh, and it, uh, you know, if he has a healthy season, allow him to get back to his production that he had when he rushed aside Von Miller. But I mean, it's just, there's just a lack of a lack of some talent, at least year one talent here on really both of the lines, uh, some of the linebackers as well. Um, there's just some places where you where you need like a guy or two uh, to step up and be gritty and um, play with passion and, and be able to bully guys. This Broncos team just kind of lacks that uh, right now, and you know, in this super complicated, uh, in this super division right now, um, it's it's a tough loss for this team. Agreed. And uh, diving back in, I look at again some of the additions. Russell Wilson, but you, you tried to address so many offensive line woes. You go get Billy Turner uh, following Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. Uh, Randy Gregory. Uh, the, the rest of the AFC West adds loaded pass rushers and have really great pass rushes. The Broncos say, we'll get Bradley Chubb and and, and uh, Randy Gregory and call it a day. That's nice. Randy Gregory, all serious, since he's a fine pass rusher. He's definitely number two in the NFL, though. Um, and then DJ Jones on the interior. Kawan Williams, though, I actually really, really like that signing a lot for this I do team. Agree with you. Um, so, yeah. Time. Warner, any uh, other thoughts on this? Broncos offseason before we dive into the coaching staff and uh, the roster. Here's another thing. I don't think they really got an impact year one player, at least in the draft. Nick Benito, uh, obviously the edge piece with the last pick in the second round. Um, Rick Dolchich is going to have to step up. He's your T2 right now. But, um, you know, you just, you didn't get somebody who can step up. And and I get that's hard to do with, without a first round pick, but um, it's, uh, it's something that if you if you combine it with say some rookie head coach woes with Nate Hackett taking time to acclimate to the full on dues of being a head coach, not just a red zone coordinator in Green Bay, um, you know, it's it's just it's going to take time for this team to mold together. I think, um, and and that's just I think that's just stating the obvious. Absolutely. Now let's dive into this coaching staff and scheme here. And to put it very bluntly, I am very excited about the Nathaniel Hackett hiring here. I think they got a great hire here. Uh, man, Nathaniel Hackett in this coaching and scheme is going to rank 12th in football with the 8.10 grade. The offense in general is going to rank 10th. Um, the scheme here, again, a wide zone. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's ran base scheme here um, in Denver, and that's what they're going to be running here in uh, in, in Denver. Um, and, and 
Nathaniel Hackett is talking more about him. He has he he's not just a, a Matt LaFleur guy, a guy who, you know, oh, we're gonna hire him because of the Shanahan scheme and whatnot. But you know, he he really does do a great job of being well versed. And he has a well versed uh, background as well. He worked under Doug Maroon in, in uh Jacksonville. And uh I, I mean honestly, as the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, he on that on their runs to the AFC title game, he was the reason why that offense was somewhat functionable. Um, and then he uh, he worked with Alex Van Pelt in Buffalo. He has some of the modern pro spread stuff, um, traits as well, working with John Gruden back in Tampa. Um, so he is a very well-versed play caller with a ton of experience um, and has learned from a lot of guys. Um, and, and I am really, really excited. I think – the differences between you know, a guy like a LaFleur, and that's the way you think if we're talking about the wide zone here, he's going to be more uh, most idolizing here or uh, closest to it in comparison. But the biggest difference, and, and by the way, guys, we are so pumped to be bringing back film breakdown, so this is kind of a precursor here. But the biggest difference between some of these, you guys can't see Warner, but Warner was celebrating that those are back. Um, I'm excited. The biggest difference between somebody Shanahan's schemes is like you look at a guy like a LaFleur or a McVay compared to Shanahan himself. You know, the Packers, they in the Rams, the Packers, I, I guess I'll start more on because of um, Nathaniel Hackett. But um, Nathaniel Hackett and the Packers, they would run a lot more 11 personnel, but they would also still mix in and blend in those 12 personnel schemes, you know, those heavy packages as well for the run game. Um, so I, I do think what Nathaniel Hackett will bring in year one with a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, which we will definitely talk about here in just a sec. I, I do think Russ is going to thrive. I think we're going to see a quick passing game and using that those play action uh, passing concepts, those, those deep crossers over the middle of the field that is so uh, distinct to this scheme. Not saying other teams don't run, you don't run PA crossers or something like that in a, in a modern pro spread. I did not just say PA crossers like the Madden play. Use the Madden play to describe uh, it. But, uh, but I'm I'm really excited for KJ Hamler in that role. We're gonna get to the receiving room later. KJ Hamler is a quick, athletic uh, slot receiver that I think is gonna have a lot of touch. I mean. Cortland Sutton and Jared Duda are going to command the majority of the, the touches, but I'm really excited for KJ Hamler this year. I believe he missed all of last season with an injury, um, yeah. if I'm correct there, uh, along with Cortland uh, Sutton. So I'm really looking forward to uh, Hamler this this season. Yeah, and then Justin Alden, he is definitely the Shanahan of Shanahan guys. He worked under Kyle Shanahan, Steve Sarkeesian in Atlanta. Then he followed Mike, Matt LaFleur, excuse me, to Green Bay. Um, so he he's definitely the Shanahan uh, Shanahan wide zone scheme guy. He doesn't have as much of a background outside of that. And then you're and then we'll talk about your defensive coaching later on. But you also brought in Clint Kubiak, which I think is actually really underrated as a QB coach, um, who's also your pass game coordinator, who I thought was really limited and restricted uh, under um, Mike Zimmer. Go check out our episode with Evo. And we really talked about that a lot, but I thought he did a great he's he did a great job with Kirk Cousins he, as the quarterback's coach, and then he worked his way up to being an offensive coordinator when um what's the name? Kevin Stefanski left to go to Cleveland. So I do like that hiring a lot. And I think overall you have a really, really solid coaching and scheme room here for the for the Broncos. Yeah. I, I really love the diversity that you mentioned, but also um the ability to at all the levels, position uh, coaches. 
offensive coordinator, you know, um, scheme, like certain assets coordinator, um, and, and then all the way up to the head coach. Um, you love that, and you pair that with Russell Wilson, who we believe is a, still a top-10 quarterback in the league. He's going to rank seventh for us um, with a 9.40 grade. Not much depth behind him, but he's usually a guy that will play through injuries. He has some had some injury concerns in the last few years, but um, they haven't been, you know, major season enders for the most part. And um, I think I think Wilson is is looking forward to playing a full 17 game season, and um, I think he's going to go off in this. I mean, we saw what he could do with with Metcalf and Lockett, which is a better duo than Sutton and Judy. But um, but when he when they ran that um, that again the wide zone offense in Seattle, he was just throwing Last bomb, after bomb after bomb, and you know with his placement and his accuracy on on deep on throws deep down the field it's this offense is going to be mighty explosive i think exactly and uh by the way they ran it last season um under uh shane waldron the offensive coordinator so he he has some basic experience i think he's gonna get a better play caller year one as well but um you touched on a little bit there warner russell wilson in turn he does not have He's not the best arm in football in terms of mm-hmm. how the deepest deep ball. It's but good enough, in terms of the prettiest deep ball and the ability to just lay the ball in a basket and have great touch and accuracy and ball placement down the sidelines, just throwing it over a shoulder. Russell Wilson has the best deep ball in football without having the strongest arm in football. It's not a bad arm. It's definitely a good NFL arm. But in terms of just the – I'd say it's a plus arm. It's just not a – Plus, 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 like Josh Allen and Rodgers and Mahomes have. Yeah. And, and, and Stafford, Herbert. too. Don't want to leave Stafford out of there. And, and Herbert. And Herbert. Wow, I did leave Justin Herbert out there. You put you, you said Rodgers before Herbert. But okay, okay, that's, yeah, that's all right. Um, I'm joking. But, no, <laughs> I, I think Russell Wilson, a guy that plays spectacularly in structure and in this scheme, I think that's what it's going to allow him to do. He's going to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. And I think that's something that they didn't do too often in Seattle. I think they got to do a better – they will do a better job up here is using the quick passing game uh, to their advantage offensively because we're going to talk about it a little bit, that this offensive line is not good. It's not a good offensive line, which is something Russ is used to. But, um, you know, I feel like in Seattle, he was holding on to the ball too long and, and part mm-hmm. of it based off a of scheme, part of it based off of him being Russell Wilson. But I think we're really going to see – Nathaniel Hackett prioritized, say, let's get the ball out of your hands quickly if we're throwing the ball on early down, so let's take those shot plays on third down and when we need a, a chunk yards play here. But I think this scheme, Russell Wilson is spectacular on the move. I think this scheme is if, – if we talked about last year one with the Seattle Seahawks episode when they hired Shane Waldron. But um, if you're talking about – or actually, I'll, I'll, I'll ask my question with the – I'll answer my question with a question. Warner, if, if you had to pick a quarterback – to perfectly that most perfectly fits this Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur wide zone scheme, who would it be? Jared Goff. <laughs> no, um, I mean perfectly fits. I think you gotta you gotta go like Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, just because of his IQ. I think Tom He's Brady back MVPs too. in that role. Um, but I, I think Russell Wilson would probably end up being third on that list behind Brady and Rodgers. Um, I would also love to see Joe Burrow in that, in that scheme. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying, 
Um, deep, uh, the way that they can command an offense, the way they can switch between plays with all the plays yeah. looking so similar to the defense. Um, you know, you get the way you can call through plays, bluff calls, protections, and all that. I, I think those three are would put on a master class. I mean, we've seen Rodgers put on a master class with back to back MVPs. I don't think Tom Brady's had that scheme that Leftwich doesn't run that in, in Tampa, I don't believe. Um, but Really, you really like um, you really like Russell Wilson coming into this and coming into year two. It's going to be different. There's going to be different terminology. Hack, Hackett's going to you know approach it differently than a guy like Waldron does. But um, I think still being in year two in this in this basic offense, he's going to get the basic concepts. Um, it's it's going to be a very very good Russell Wilson football season. Yes, indeed. Let's dive into this. Running back room, it's going to rank tied 17th in football. Bronco fans, do not, do not, although there, there, there's some weird ones in there, but uh, do not get upset or anything. It's not that, oh, we hate Javante Williams. No, we actually, I actually personally really like Javante Williams, but it, we, we grade these rooms based off of rooms itself, and it, it ranks 17th. Um, Javante Williams is really dynamic running back who I think honestly should be one down playing downs one through three because I just don't think Melvin Gordon cuts it that much anymore he's he's fine but yeah yeah, um. they're still similar I think rushing wise Melvin Gordon certainly can make guys miss um, and and produce a similar level of um, production as Javante Williams but Williams uh, doesn't have the injury concerns that Gordon has he's a much tougher uh, bigger body and bigger runner uh, he runs like a bigger back, and also the what he can do in the receiving game is much better than what Melvin Gordon can do. Um, so I just, you know, with, he he's just he's just a dynamic player, and and yeah, I would expect him to get the majority of the the touches, both receiving and rushing, for the team. Real quick, Broncos fans, I mean, are you saying Javante Williams is better than Austin Eckler or or Najee Harris? No, you you just you just not. So he's a good back, hence above average grade, but. Uh, He's not on their level. Who who said that? Who said what? He's better than Najee and Eckler. Nobody said that. I'm just oh. I'm just anticipating. I'm just, those, I'm just, those guys, both those uh, backs, their teams, running back rooms at least rank um, higher, higher, but not top ten for us. Go watch the Steelers episode. You'll see where they rank. Wait for the Chargers. You'll see where they rank. Spoiler. Alrighty, let's dive into this receiver room here. It's going to rank 18th in football. Uh, really quickly, the biggest note here is uh, Kendall Hilton is wide receiver depth, who, who also is capable of being your QB1 any week you need him to. Russell Wilson needs to low manage Kendall Hilton. <laughs> hits him, baby. Uh, it, it's a QB1. But no, let's talk about it. You know, this receiver room ranks 18th. I feel like. We we like the talent. They just Corlin Sutton and or Jerry Judy have not established themselves as that number one target. That guy that any play you can throw him the ball and he's getting what you need. Whether it's a quick first down, it's a deep ball, it's a um, a toe tap on the sideline as the you know when you have time waning in the fourth quarter. They're not that guy yet. Now. They definitely have yes. the potential to be, and I think Cortland Sutton is just a little bit better than Jerry Judy at the moment. Um, but I mean, they can run all the routes in the route tree. Um, 
Cortland Sutton especially, but they're big bodies. They can go up and catch a ball in traffic. Uh, again, crisp route running from both of them. And they both are pretty good after the catch. Jerry Judy's probably better. You throw in KJ Hamler as receiver three on the slot, the only thing they're lacking here is depth, really. Exactly. And, um, you know, they, they both battled some injury issues as well in the past. Um, you know, Jerry Judy only played in 10 games last season. He only started in five. Uh, you know, Corlin Sutton, he did. He was healthy last season, but he's coming off a year where he only played in one game. I believe he tore his ACL the year prior. ACL, so, yeah. and, and also, granted, that they had not been playing with great quarterback play and, and things that age. You're playing with uh, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So, moving on to Seth Williams, a guy that we – I think I think we did like last season. Um, Seth Williams, uh, just your prototypical big ball, uh, go up and get it receiver that can, you know, go make those physical 50-50 grabs that's not going to have the most uh, in-depth route tree. He's going to be very limited in what he can do. But I, I think with a guy like a Russell Wilson that who's going to have uh, – you know, just great ball placement and great accuracy. I think Seth Williams could break out and have a really solid season. And I think we did like him coming out. Um, not not the quickest guy, not the twitchiest guy. Quickest guy. Who, who can have. He, he had a disappointing year last year. We were, we were disappointed when, uh, I don't know if he got cut or had the practice squad card or uh, or just didn't have playing time. But we were we were kind of disappointed and really Seth Williams because we did like him coming out. Um, again, Sean said big bodied vertical receiver. Um, and, uh, you know, we good prospect out of Auburn. Exactly. And just the prototypical guy, like a Mike Williams. Um, so yeah, I, I think pairing him in this offense would be a, a great fit for, for him. And now with Russell Wilson, you guys give it, you got some decent depth amongst your tight ends as well. Um, you, you're now relying solely on Albert, on uh, Albert O or Albert Ogwegbinyama. Um, I, I, I think yes, I definitely, perfect. huh? That's perfect. I didn't botch I like it. Yama. What? I didn't botch it. No, you definitely botched it. You said Albert Ogwegbinyama. Oh, what are you talking about this. That's not how it sounded coming out, but. Um, you're, you're not relying on him now, just a big body tight end that I, I think could definitely become Russell Wilson's best friend this season. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is you need Russ to stay healthy uh, because let's now, but you're not going to be able to do that um, because let's talk about this offensive line that some quick people are note, higher on than us. Quick note on Seth Williams. We had him uh, coming out as a wide receiver 10. Um, I think we I think we adjusted that. We We changed it. Uh, before right before the draft, that was the video on JKS. We did change it, correct? But point point stands, we were high on them. Yes, um, but you know, good good uh, run blocker, good deep route runner, um, with good straight line speed. That's pretty much how we how we had him um, as a vertical as a vertical threat down the field. And hopefully, at six three uh, to eleven, he can really become that that player for the Broncos. And uh, almost be a, like a relief pitcher for Cortland Sutton and or Ju- Jerry Judy. A relief pitcher. That's a, that's a good one. Um, all right. Let's dive into this offensive line here. Um, and I don't know what Warner's gesture is there. But, man, oh, man, I know a lot of people are a little bit higher on this offensive line than us. But you're playing in a division with some 
I'll just say it, elite, elite pass rushes here. And none of these guys particularly move the needle for me. So the, the this team's going to rank 24th at football, slightly below average. Um, I think you, you really do lose or you're going to miss uh, Tom Compton as Tom uh, an offensive tackle depth because uh, he, he warned to correct me if I'm wrong, he is on the physically unable to perform list, right? Correct. Yeah, so uh, which is a big blow for this Broncos team. Uh, because, I mean, man, oh, man, he was going to be a rotational uh, off it, or swing tackle swing that can play either side that is honestly a better pass protector than Billy Turner um, right now. So it sucks. You're losing some depth. They actually know I'm talking about uh, – I was thinking about Graham Glass. Yeah. Uh, so, but sorry, Tom Copton anyway, um, who, who would have been a really solid uh, run blocker um, and, and things of that nature. But talking about this offensive line as a whole, I think you have one stud in Garrett Bowles, who as a left tackle, is really, really, what? Um, who's really, really good at both pass pro and run blocking. He's definitely a top 10 uh, offensive tackle in football. Um, and then Dal- Dalton Reisner, who's just really, really solid. I, I mean, th- these guys are all fine starters on this offensive line with not much upside outside of Quinn Marinus. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry is fine. Quinn Marinus is, is good to fine. I think he could have a, a, a fine right now, but he could, he could end up breaking out in Billy Turner as well. Um, yeah, so. They do have Grim Glass now. I like him as a uh, an interior offensive line depth piece. Um, but, you know, they – they kind of lack that uh, really amazing run blocker that this wide zone offense uh, can rely on. Um, again, they're not a bad pass blocking offensive line, one through five, but um, they they lack the the hammer, so to speak, um, as as a run blocker, and and I think that's going to end up costing them a bit, especially with uh, Tom Compton, uh, who who wouldn't have started, but if an injury happens to Garrett Bowles or Billy Turner, then. Uh, Compton would have been a, a more than suitable replacement as well. So hopefully that he can get healthy um, or else this, this tackle duo stays healthy. But again, it's a fine offensive line, nothing to uh, be proud of except for Garrett Bowles, but nothing really that's going to, um, you know, they, they don't have a, a gaping hole like a Michael Jordan at right guard or, um, you know, Robert Hunt or, or Austin Jackson um, in Miami. So, uh, a fine offensive line, not as bad as Seattle's offensive line that Russ had last year. So um, I think it's definitely an upgrade for Russell Wilson. And uh, along with this, the offensive scheme, I think it's going to take, again, going to take pressure off the offensive line. Pressure off is going to make jo- the job easier for the offensive line, the running back, the quarterback, and the receivers. So um, I think overall, uh, as we move on to strengths and weaknesses, it's, it's going to be fine. Again, that quarterback-friendly scheme, combine that with Russell Wilson, dynamic playmakers, a really good running back um, duo, and then, of course, Broncos country. That's right. Uh, wow, weakness. that's All right. Weaknesses. Uh, a, a below average offensive line, the, the depth on, on pretty much every position. Uh, if, if a KJ Hamler or a Corlin Sutton goes down, you're relying on Seth Williams, a second year player who, although we, we were high on him, I suppose, he was still very much a raw uh, wide receiver oh, yeah. com- coming out. Um, so 
the, the depth. And then I, I do think the rookie coach and play caller could be a weakness because uh, I think there will be some bumps in the road for this squad. Now, let's dive in here to this defensive coaching and schemers. Going to rank 17th here, uh, grading out with a 7.30 grade. Um, and, uh, man, oh, man, Ajiro Evero is going to be calling the shots here defensively. He's got his work cut out for him here. He's going to be coming in, running this 3-4 split safety, very very much a Fangio scheme here. Um, mm. and, and that's how, uh, if you look across the league, you know, defensively and yeah, offensively, there are very, yeah, you know, this is a very common scheme now where a lot of the teams are running this Fangio style scheme, at least in terms of the coverage. Uh, some teams like to mix it up and go four three, like the Browns, they run a lot four three quarters coverage for uh, from inspiration from Fangio. Because that's just to suit their edge rushers, Jadavion Clowney, and, and more importantly, Miles Garrett. Um, he's not he's not the linebacker type. He's not a guy you want in coverage. So um, that's really just to suit the edge rushers. But in the defensive backfield, it's all the same. A lot of cover four, a lot of two man, a lot of a lot of one uh, cover one, and uh, honestly, cover two as well. Um, and then you mix in a little bit of cover three, some cloud sky concept, maybe a cover nine. Um, some some teams call it a cover six, whatever you want to call it. Um, you combine that with you know sending a linebacker. Uh, on a blitz or two, maybe a safety blitz. Uh, it allows you to get creative while still staying safe and, and making the offense earn every yard they get. I think I need to post a poll about which breakdown I want Warner to do first um, because I, I like sh- the, how the Shanahan scheme works is uh, is appealing, uh, explaining why the Fangio scheme is one of the more popular defensive schemes right now that's appealing. Um Man, so listening to more talk break down some cover nine for some people. I'm I'm sure there are a more than average amount of of NFL fans that have no idea what cover nine is. Yeah, so uh, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore DABI so you guys can stick around. Um, but yeah, you know, just a rookie play caller who uh, was in uh, Los Angeles last year with um, I'm blanking his Morris. name. R- 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 yeah, Raheem Morris. Um, and another team that runs that scheme, too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for Jero Evero. I, I think he's going to be a, a good play caller, and he's running a great scheme as well. Else. Let's dive in here to this team. And I think the secondary is really, really good. But, man, I think everywhere else on this defense is a massive question mark, if not a legitimate weakness. Let's get started with this pass rush, Ramirez. It's going to break 23rd. And it's the epitome of average. Uh, Bradley Chubb is fine. He is a fine pass rusher. Uh, he's but a good number two. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, he's a good number two. Good number two. Uh, questionable run defense, but as a pass rusher, good number two. Draymond Jones, good number two. Uh, DJ Jones, solid uh, low end number, number two. two and, yeah. It, 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 but they, they lack that. Khalil Mack impact. They lack that Bosa brother impact. They lack that number one pass rusher that, frankly, I don't believe Bradley Chubb can develop into anymore. Exactly. I mean, honestly, like, just put Von Miller back on this team and there you go, right? I mean, like, literally, like, they are just missed. They are screaming for a number one pass rusher. And I know they didn't have a first-round pick, but I would have tried my hardest to – 
you know, go get a, a, an edge rusher. I mean, t- I guess they did. They went to go get Randy Gregory, but Randy Jackson Gregory as well. Um, but you know, it, it's Randy Gregory. You could argue is a one-sided player when it comes to his run defense. You're probably going to have to rotate in a Malik Reed or a Jonathan Cooper. Um, honestly, is that other edge player? And then you know. The, D, the IDL depth is fine, but Draymond Jones and DJ Jones both are, you know, adequate starters, good like quality starters that that just they 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 don't bring that impact um, player, whether it's run defense or pass rush or preferably both. Um, they don't really excel in one sort of thing. They're just they're more of a jack of all trades, master of none, um, and and I think that's going to end up hurting this team in the long run. Yeah, it, it's really unfortunate. It's not like you can make the argument like, hey, you know, this is a, a fresh new scheme for Bradley Chubb to, to work in. You know, hopefully he can make uh, show some growth in uh, and some improvement. But this is pretty much the exact same scheme. I'm sure the terminology will be different, but this is the closest thing to replacing Vic Fangio that they were going to get. Um, they also, I mean, the guy worked under Vic specifically uh, back in uh, 2011 through 2014 while Vic was in San Francisco. And, and he's really been, you know, around these Fangio guys. He worked under Brandon Staley as well. Um, so I, th- th- this defensive line just doesn't do anything really, really well that, that moves the needle for me. Um, when, when you look at the in terms of their pass rush, which is what we're talking about here, um, they're, they're all at best mid-level number twos, and that's Randy Gregory. Um and at, at worst, they're like, like I'd, it's, give, I'd, give, I'd give Gregory a high number two in terms of pass rush. In terms of an overall player, yeah, probably mid number two just because of his run defense, his lacking run defense. I'd say look for um, Broncos fans, or not look for, but but also hope for uh, Nick Benito to see playing time and really fit in. Yes. He's an athletic guy, um, ran a 707-3 cone, had a 4-5 uh, 40-yard dash coming out of uh, Oklahoma. You know, hopefully he's a guy who can who can eventually get there to be a, a good starter for this team, but he's just he's not that player yet. And um, again, with the jack of all trades, master of none, you don't have. We talked about it a lot in the Patriots episode. You don't have the diversity of skill sets where this guy exceeds excels in this position. This guy excels at this. You know, uh, this 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 uh, IDL is a really good pass rusher. We'll rotate him in because this guy's really good at stopping the run. Um, they, they, they don't have that kind of either. They, they don't have that kind of depth or starters uh, to be able to rotate those guys. Overall, the depth is fine, but um, I, the depth is uh, the depth's not the problem here. It's, it's going to be the, the starting for uh, for this team. Exactly. Now let's talk about this uh, secondary here. That is. Definitely going to be the bright spot here for this we'll defense. Switch real quick because this this secondary is good, and uh, it's going to rank eleventh. That sounds harsh, but holy cow, this secondary is really really good. You have a you have a couple of players that I mean, it re- really one in Patrick Sertan, who Warner. And I, I'm not sure if this is a hot take. I've talked to a couple of guys. I actually talked to Eva about this. I think this definitely could be something that pans out. Um, Holy cow, I, I think Patrick Sertan, by the end of this season, could be a top-five cornerback in football. I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. You have, quite possibly, 
the best coverage safety in football. I know we were talking about this in the past, but you have Justin Simmons, you have Dermot James, uh, Kevin Byard. Like, you, like in terms of best coverage safeties in football, I guess you could throw Minka up there. He he's really. Uh, I trust Jesse Bates in there as well. Jason, Jesse Bates, who did have a, who did have the best season last, last year, year, last year, but he, I, he's, uh, he's playing on the tag. I, I think he's gonna have a good season this year. He has to yeah. if he wants to get the day. Yeah, but I definitely think in terms of coverage, is definitely a gap after Bayard, James, and 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 uh, Justin Simmons, who are just just really great guys with, with great zone instincts. Uh, Kareem Jackson's definitely on the on the downward uh, slide here, but in terms of your corners again, Patrick Sertan, I think uh, you know we can. By the way, by the way, I I don't like to do this often, but gosh darn it, I am taking my victory lap. Because in my mock drafts for the Broncos last season, every single time, Patrick Sertan. That's what Patrick was good. We did not Patrick change Tan. that. Everybody was like, oh, no, this stupid idiot. Why would the Broncos ever take Patrick Sertan? They don't need another corner. Technically, you're right. But gosh darn it, man. We they were just right. let you guys go because now you got Pat Sertan, who's better than those guys. On a rookie deal, you don't have to pay those. those other uh, exactly. I mean, He's – and also, sorry to cut you off there, Warner. None of those guys had the potential to be a top five rookie. I mean, a top five cornerback in football after two seasons, and you won't have to pay him yet because he'll still be on a rookie contract. So no, I am taking my victory effing lap, and I am running a mile for this lap because darn it, Broncos fans, you're you're, you're, you're a, a wonderful. You're fan welcome, basically. Broncos fans. You're um, welcome. But you you add Ronald Darby in there as a corner too. Kawan Williams is really good. Um, he's one of the best nickel backs in well. football. Um, Ronald Darby is a solid corner in both aspects. Good starter. I, I think you really, you really like what you've got here um, with these guys, and you know you've got some solid depth too. Michael Oje Mudia, uh, Damari Mathlet, Mathis, of course, Caden Stern, the rookie. Um, yeah, you, you've got you've got good depth here um, in in the in terms of the secondary, and then as we go to the linebackers. I don't want to brush over those guys. That's 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 kind of a question mark there. I mean, Josie Jewell is fine. He's an average starter. Um, you know, he, he's not moving the needle for you, but he's an average starter. Um, Jonas Griffith is not good in coverage and serviceable, I guess, against the run. Um, and then, of course, Alex Singleton, who, again, not good in coverage and is solid against the run. So you're not adding much with the, with the linebackers in terms of this, but you love – the uh, you love the guys that you're going to be able to have um, playing playing coverage here: Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby, Quan Williams, Simmons, and Kareem Jackson. And then moving on back to this run defense here, we talked about it briefly with your uh, with the excuse me um, pass rush there and in the defensive line, but uh, you have a very uh, I don't want to say chewy, but chewy front four. Uh, <laughs> For for run defense there uh, again, Draymond Jones is he's the opposite of D, of DJ Jones. Uh, Draymond is really good against the pass, pass rushing, and uh, very lackluster and leaves some to be desired on, against the run. Where DJ Jones is a, is more serviceable and more well rounded. Uh, Randy Gregory gets not good against the run at all. Bradley Chubb is fine against both. Um, your linebackers. Um, are okay. Jo- Josie Jewell gets pushed around, but I mean, he, he's fine against the run. I think Alex Singleton on early downs might see a bulk of the snaps there to help stuff yep. the run a little bit more. Um, and then in your secondary, 
I, I do think you have some solid uh, guys there again. Justin Simmons, Kawan Williams, who is one of the best nickel backs in football right now. Um, but I mean, give the secondary credit actually. This secondary and what they've really done is they prioritize good guys that can really tackle and stuff the run, like Caden Stearns is a dime backer. Uh, Pat Sertan is obviously fine against the run. I just mentioned Kwan Williams, Ronald Darby, Michael Ujin Media. I, I think okay, I bought that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely great. Good job, Sean. Um, it's really good against the run. Damari Mathis should be good against the one-year one. Hell, is Zane Bassey should be good against the run, or at least serviceable. And if you need him to fill in for a snap or two, uh, shouldn't uh, drop off that much. So uh, in, in, in the long run, I think you have, your secondary is really, really good against the run. But that front seven, and there's only such a limited impact that back four uh, or five could even make but uh, that front seven or so is a uh, really really chewy in my opinion real quick yeah i want to i want to touch on uh two guys really three guys uh in terms of depth you know what? let's just make that four um deshaun williams is um gonna be in base packages your other interior defensive lineman in our eyes um <clears throat> you're looking at him to just be uh an average starter like you know he's a, he's fine um against both the pass and the run and um, I, I would say look for guys like Malik Reed or Jonathan Cooper um, to kind of rotate that edge with Randy Gregory. Um, they're just better run defenders than he is. And then again, Nick Benito, not so much against the run, but look for his effect pass rushing wise once Bradley Chubb inevitably goes down with a week six injury. Um, Nick Benito is, is going to have to step into that role. And Sean touched on Alex Singleton a little bit, but again, uh, look for him to rotate in on early downs as well as a, a, a good run-stuffing linebacker. All right, let's wrap things up with the defensive strengths and weaknesses. Uh, quite good secondary. Um, I guess you have some upside at edge. You, you did draft uh, a rookie this season as well, who I think uh, Nick Benito who could turn into a starting caliber guy for them. Um, and then obviously you still have Bradley Chubb. Maybe this coaching staff can uh, unlock something in Bradley Chubb. Um, that we're just not seeing there. The edge depth is fine as well, but the inconsistent edge play in general, um, run defense, and then the depth. Uh, I think outside a corner, maybe, I think the depth is really, really concerning across the board. Yeah. Um, on the interior defensive line, linebackers, um, and then safety. actually, safety is yeah. a real big concern. Behind Caden Stern, safety, and I'd say behind OJ Mudia uh, at corner as well. Um, just a lack of depth um, on the defense overall. Exactly. Now, let's dive into this schedule prediction, and uh, this is definitely where we're going to lose some followers and uh, some subscribers on this channel, on this pod. Uh, but quick reminder, really quickly, let's look at their uh, final grade. So they're going to rank 10th offensively, but they will rank 25th defensively. I am just not sold on this defense. I think your pass rush is uh, going to get bullied by really good offensive line play by the Chiefs and the Chargers, and uh, I don't think you can rush the pass either. I just don't think they, they're going to be able to be physical enough on either side of the ball um, at the line of scrimmage. Um, but let's talk about now this schedule prediction and the Vegas over-under. The, uh, that's not the over-under. Ten and a half is their over-under. Yeah, 10 out. Thank you for uh, fact-checking that for me, Warner. But, uh, 
Yeah, we have them going seven and ten. I feel confident that they do go under here, uh, under ten and a half. Um, first of all, they I mean, you, just, really- you look at the games they win, they lose. Um, lose against the Seahawks in Seattle week one, Russell Wilson's first game uh, with the Broncos team against the Seattle team. Seattle's going to bring a little bit extra juice. Um, and, you know, Russ is going to go back home. Um, that's, I think it's a coin toss. And um, I think Seattle ends up taking that in the end. They bounce back week two and three, um, beating the Texans and the Niners. It's going to be a big win against the Niners. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, really a Russell Wilson kind of breakout against a good team. They're going to lose in Las Vegas against the Raiders, follow that up with a loss against the Colts um, at home and against the Chargers in L.A. They're going to win um, at home against the Jets and then in London against the Jags, have that week nine bye. Come off the bye, Derrick Henry's going to run for 200 yards in week 10, but then they're going to have a big win over the Raiders at home, uh, splitting that season series, beat the Panthers, lose to the Ravens in Baltimore. That's a really tough game. And then drop five straight Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Chiefs again, all losses. It's going to effectively take them out of the playoff hunt. And that week 18 win against the Chargers is going to be for nothing, essentially, just for pride. Um, We have them end up splitting with the Chargers, splitting with the Raiders, and getting swept by the Kansas City Chiefs and then losing key games against the Ravens, against the Titans, against the Rams, the Cardinals, uh, the Colts, a lot of good teams. Um, They're just not going to be able to beat because, again, a little bit squishy of a front, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and they don't have that impact at edge or, um, you know, that impact side of the offensive line that they can run off of that, that a lot of these playoff teams possess. Absolutely, I agree. And then, you know, you look week 10 to week 18, there's only one penciled in win, and that's the Carolina Panthers in week 12. And honestly, Russell Wilson doesn't do that one in the second half of seasons regardless. So if you get a bad Russ game and Baker's on one, uh, the Panthers honestly probably could win that game. Um, now, thank you guys so, so much for tuning into this episode of the Sports Online Show. If you guys are new, please do subscribe right here to the Sports Online Show YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well if you listen to us on podcasting platforms. Please give us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to help out the podcast. Till next time, guys, stay safe and see ya.